Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. There's a quote from Naval Ravikant. He basically says like, you know, entrepreneurs work in sprints like, you know, like lions and not like gazelles. A lot of people go through life, like just kind of at the same pace, cruising and not much changes. Whereas like high level entrepreneurs, what we're chasing is excitement. And so for that two to three months, it's because you're fucking excited about what you're building. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, that feeling when you're building something special and you're like, you're, you, you don't even need the alarm that four o'clock you wake up and you're tweaking with ideas and, yeah. and you're calling and texting people and all this stuff is free flowing. And then you get, get it to the point where you want it to be. And then it's like, ah, all right. I think that's the way to approach business in general. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Report. Today, I got a guest who was introduced to us by my good friend and ex-podcast guest, my man, Mikey Taylor. He makes $175,000 a month in passive income. I got my man, Blake Rocha. Blake, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rich. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I know Mikey introduced us a couple months back, and uh, I'm glad that we're connected now. Uh, How do you know Mikey? Shout out Mikey Taylor. I think I met Mikey originally at a conference, and we were speaking together, um, piece two and two together, that we were both living in or you know spending time in Thousand Oaks, which is where he's the city council... um, member there. Mm-hmm. Now I think that's the position. Sorry, Mikey, if I butchered it. But yeah, we just became friends through that. And um, we've helped each other out along this this kind of journey of both real estate investing, content creation, digital products, and life. And he's given me a lot of great advice. So shout out Mikey Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Mikey. I met him for the first time um, a few months back. He came on the podcast, came down, we hung out, and then we actually hosted a meetup here, uh, our beers and deals meetup um, afterwards. And connected. He brought one of the guys that works on his team out and just great dudes. They hung out with us for the night. Um, but uh, what a giving, just good character person. The world needs more people like Mikey. Cool dude. And like, I grew up watching him skate. You know, mm-hmm. like I knew Mikey from skating. So it was really like the first time I met him, I was starstruck and I was like, is this the Mikey Taylor? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, looks a little older when he was, than when he was 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's good dude and good team and a lot, lot to learn from him for sure. Yeah. Likewise, man. So uh, tell me a little bit about your start, man. So you got your start in real estate. Uh, prior to real estate, you were doing stock trading. Yeah, yeah. So I finished, uh, was, was graduating college and uh, got my master's, was, was finishing my master's degree at this time. I was in a lot of debt. Um, I'd always started businesses. I mean, as long as I can remember, I'd been an entrepreneur, sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, you name it, like was always making a, a pretty good grip of money doing starting businesses. And, um, so I'd been investing. I think my first investment was Facebook IPO. I think that was 2013. Uh, don't quote me on it, but I lost (laughs) a, lost like 500 bucks and sold it right away and didn't know what I was doing. was on a custodial account, but I was always interested in, in investing, whether it be stocks, whether it be real estate, whether it be crypto, I knew that the ultimate goal was the, the passive income, um, through investments was where I wanted to end up because I knew that I didn't want to work forever. But you know, you still got You still have to work, and I had to do a bunch of shitty jobs to pay for school. One day, um, uh, right, kind of right when COVID was starting, I, I kind of put two and two together that people were going to be interested in the stock market, and that they had the, their stimulus checks, be, and and they were a lot of young people. And so I saw an audience that I related to, and so I created an online business. It was a subscription business where essentially I put. I wasn't the best stock trader in the world or the best, you know, investor by any means. Sure. But what I was, you know, I can arbitrage that by essentially finding people that were good, hiring them, finding people that wanted to learn and piecing them together and then creating content to drive people to that community. And so that's what I did. Um, started two of the largest online subscription businesses regarding trading, investing, crypto, stocks, all that stuff. One went on and did eight figures. The other one did, did seven figures. And hundreds of thousands of members and they, they still are operating till this day. And so that's kind of how I got started. And then um, through that was, you know, kind of went from zero to hero pretty quickly. And this is a time when, you know, I, I started learning about all of a sudden taxes are a thing. I went, you know, living in California, I didn't realize how much I, I was doing turbo tax before. Now I'm like mm. two CPAs and three, you know, advisors and stuff. And so kind of started learning the game of real estate and, and 
you know, I think early on, you know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people start looking for loopholes with taxes, right? Like, oh, can I go move to Puerto Rico? Can I go buy six cars? You know, do, do all these things to avoid taxes. And at the end of the day, what I ended up, you know, kind of determining was if I wanted to both build passive income, um, acquire assets, and, you know, basically reduce my tax bill to damn near zero, then I needed to become a real estate professional in the eyes of, you know, in the eyes of the United States. So that's kind of how the real estate investing thing started and found my way into Airbnb and haven't looked back since. That's so good, man. It's funny you mentioned the taxes and the tax code. So the tax code, I was actually looking into this other night. It's like, uh, it's said to be like over 5,500 pages and uh, only like 30, 40 pages of it is like how to actually pay your taxes. But the rest of the pages are like how to like, not pay taxes. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, most people I think uh, out there, they say like, oh, must be nice. But the savvy financial people out there, real estate investors, uh, folks like you and I, they ask, well, how, how can I participate in that as well? And you learn the tax code, you hire some good CPAs, but the tax code is all set up and geared around um, incentives. So they incentivize totally. certain behavior that benefits the government. Um, and if you do those certain behaviors, you're going to get a tax break. And so uh, I love that. And, and like you said, real estate is one of the best asset classes or investment vehicles to invest in if you want to you know, reduce your tax liability. Yep. No, absolutely. So you got into the, the real estate stuff. And what, what was your first real estate deal? Was it, was it the, on the Airbnb side? No, my first real estate deal was on the um, Section 8 single family um, side. So this was in, it was, I bought a group of properties, kind of got teed up from a friend. I, you know, I think that the, the best piece of advice that I give to people is, you know, learn, learn a skill of sorts. Like learn for me, like learning a high income skill was, was what I did. I figured out that I could build these subscription based communities. It would take me 24 hours. I could show somebody how to market them. And if they had the skill set, I can make them a millionaire. I mean, it, it, it was a like cut and dry thing. If I could find the right person that I could help them. And so what I did was I'm like, I don't know anything about real estate. I know that I'm interested in it. I know that I want to buy real estate, but how do I know if this is a good deal? If you go watch TikTok or Instagram type real estate and watch it for 10 minutes, you're going to have one guy telling you to buy storage units. You're going to have another guy telling you to buy single family, another guy saying multifamily. And so you get pulled in, pulled in a million different directions. And it's very, very difficult to understand where do you fit on this, you know, on this barometer. I see it all the time, man. People come up to me and they're like, hey, Rich, like, I want to get into real estate. Like, I want to do it. I'm committed to it, but I have no idea where to start. There's a hundred different ways to make money when real estate, um, and there's no right or wrong. My answer is always like, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but like you need to find out what path you want to go down, and then find someone that's successful in that path and go learn from them. Exactly. But until you figure out what path you're, you're going down, you know, maybe you try a couple. Yep. You know, and that and that's and that's my story. So I, the way that I like to do things is I, I reverse engineer everything. So where do I want to be? And, and so then I go find somebody that's exactly where I wanted to be. So I found a, a, a mentor essentially that was in his early thirties, which is, I was 23, 24 at the time. So he was in his early thirties and he was retired. He was making a quarter million a month. He owned 600 something, 500 doors. And he was just on a boat posted up 24 seven. Mm. I'm like, dude, that's where I want to be. So I'm going to go ask, you know, present my skill to this guy and say, Hey man, look, I think I can help you out. And I didn't ask for anything in return. Said, hey man, look, you got a great opportunity in front of you. I know this 250K looks good, but how's an extra 100 bands a month sound? You know, and then they're like, you know, skeptical. I'm like, I'll just do it for you. Did it for him. Within four weeks, he had $100,000 a month business. And since then, we've been best friends. He's taught me everything pretty much I know about investing in real estate, helped me with my first deal. And, you know, is that going to work out for everybody? No. There is the other shortcut is paying for somebody's 10 years of experience through mentorship. And, and I've done that as well. But um, just two different ways to approach it. But essentially, I started like that. Uh, didn't end up making as much money as I thought that I was going to make. Luckily, the houses have appreciated pretty, pretty nicely. But then stumbled my way after you know, trying a couple of different investment opportunities. Pretty much tried most styles of investing, creative finance, uh, multifamily, ex ex everything except for commercial, I would say, like mm -hmm. broadly. And so what, what was that first deal and, and where was it at? It was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty big deal. So it was a $3.1 million deal for 21 doors in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Multifamily? A single family and a few, a du two duplexes as well. Okay. So, uh, but it was all section eight. And yeah, so the, the deal was nothing too much too wrong with the deal. I mean, it's, a, it's, probably, it's probably up a million dollars in, in, in you know, appreciation over the last couple of years, which is great. 
How come that market? That's a random market. It was the market that he was, my mentor was in because, and he had a T on it, right? Like he knew everything about it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if somebody's holding your hand through a, the process, you're just going to, you know, I, I was kind of blindly trusting, but also learning as I went and, and, um, you know, growing market, really, I, I, the Carolinas are great. They've blown up over the last couple of years. So yeah. very happy that I invested there, but my, it's funny you mentioned that. So my mentor early on, um, Tony Azar owns thousands of apartment units. They're based out of Charlotte. Okay. Um, but they own real estate all kind of in that Southeast region and all over the Carolinas. They actually have a, um, a larger apartment complex out in Wilmington, but we did a couple uh, deals out in Greensboro, North okay. Carolina yeah. that uh, they co-sponsored with us. And you know, it wasn't a market that I understood at the time, but because they, like you alluded to, they knew it so well, right. it made us comfortable. And they, yeah. were gonna, they were the ones that were going to asset manage the property and manage it from a property management standpoint. But those deals are doing good. But uh, like you said, a lot of growth out there in the Carolinas, man. So that's cool. Yeah. And so from there, you, you said you did a few different types of deals. If you are a busy professional and don't have time to invest in real estate, but still want to participate in the passive income and tax benefits, my team, Summers Capital, is buying a lot of boutique hotels right now. We source the deals, we renovate the properties, and we even do all the day-to-day management, making it truly hands-off for our investors. If you want to learn more to see if we can help you, Go to summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah. I started, did a few different types of deals. And then, man, I, I just was like, I had always been interested in Airbnb. The, the problem was at the time, there was a lot of noise and there still is a lot of noise around Airbnb and uh, investing, right? Like, oh, you know, if you buy a house, you know, you're buying at the top of the market. Oh, mm-hmm. 5% interest rates are too high. And now it's like, okay, give me a 5% interest rate. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I just had to really tune out the noise and understand like, what is the big goal here? I'm either going to pay this money to taxes or I've now found the highest paying asset in the highest you know, paying asset class. Like uh, real estate is without a doubt, in my opinion, the best asset class to invest in. And so if that's the case, and I found the highest, you know, like margins in this, in this space, then I just need to pinpoint where I'd like to invest. And my thesis early on was I want to invest in places that no, no matter what anybody else is saying, I want to invest in places that people have been going to for generations and generations. And it doesn't matter if Italy gets nice in the summer or Mykonos, these motherfuckers are still going to the exact same place because, and they'll go drop their credit card. They'll pull 10 families together and they will go to, you know, some of the locations that I invest in now, which is going to be the panhandle of Florida right? Destin, Miramar Beach, uh, Panama City Beach, and the Smoky Mountains. It's just these people just keep going there. And so in order to, you know, to win in those markets, even though they're saturated, you can win in a saturated market. There's a reason why it's saturated. Mm. And everybody goes, oh, well, there's 5,000, 7,000 houses there. Well, motherfucker, I got the nicest house there. Mm. So people are going to stay at my house that has the nicest amenities, the nicest pictures, and the best designs. And um, I've been able to dominate in these markets, you know, and, and really prove that this thesis was correct. A couple of things that you said there that I love and I also uh, resonate with is both of those markets you alluded to are warm weather markets and they're non-seasonal. Right. I don't like the Northeast stuff or, or stuff up there by uh, Michigan or by the Canadian border because it's very seasonal. A lot of those markets shut down in the wintertime. So you really, you make all your money in six months of the year right. and then what are you going to do the rest of the year? Uh, and then the second thing you said is you like the higher end luxury product because it's a way to differentiate yourself from 90% of the marketplace. Right. Um, my, our best performing property is my Scottsdale luxury short term rental out there that things don't, that's going to crush 700 grand in gross revenue this year in a market that has 6,000 short term rentals and a ton of three, four and five bedrooms. But guess what? We have an eight bedroom on 1.3 acres with a guest house, pickleball court pool, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in a time where there's saturation in a lot of these markets, exactly what you said. You got to be unique. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and like, look, the, the unique is the word to use there because I, I don't want people to be discouraged because I was in, I was in a very fortunate position where, and where I think that most people should probably, if I were to draw up the way that you should get into real estate, in my opinion, it should be either getting wealthy through your W2 or starting a business and then funneling money into real estate. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people try and go the, the, a lot of scrappier routes to get in real estate. Okay. It's just, it's very <laughs> kind of degrading almost like you're making a million calls and it's just like, it's, it's shitty to get started like that. But I think that if you are getting into real estate and you really want to do the short-term rental thing and do it right, it doesn't matter about how much money you spend or how expensive it is. It's all about, can you create a cohesive and unique experience 
and display that through pictures and descriptions and then make sure that you deliver on that value. And if you can do that, it doesn't matter if it's a, it's a, it's a single bedroom A-frame uh, in the Smokies or, it's, or an eight bedroom home in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you can be unique and, and um, really follow through with the, the, you know, what you've said you're going to do, then you will win in that market. Yeah. And I can totally resonate with what you said about, you know, you need a stream of income. You need a stream of active income. I know um, like bigger pockets, you know, when I first got started investing in real estate, I listen to a lot of bigger pockets. And one thing that I didn't necessarily agree with is they're always harping like passive income, passive income. But it's like, you need some active income. Active income is active not the worst thing you need it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be very, very slow to grow your portfolio. And so whether that's, you know, coming up with a business that's aligned with real estate investing, or like you said, uh, this is kind of how I got started. I had a, I had a W-2 and I, you know, invested into a 401k for 11 years. And I'm, I use that 401k as my seed money to, to get started. So oh, you didn't you know, want to wait until you were 65 to touch it? I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not want to wait that long. And so pulled it out and rolled that into uh, some cash producing real estate. But you know, even today, it's like we have streams of income on the active side, but we use that to fund the stuff. And, and you know, you can grow if you're just going to go passive. Yeah, but yeah. dude, that's like, that's very hard. You're going to have to limit expenses. And it's like, I want to enjoy life a little bit. I want to be able to spend some money, you know? I, I'm on the same page as you. I, like, I, I, something I think about a lot because I am younger. I'm 26 years old, but, you know, I have a, I have a 20 some odd million dollar, you know, real estate portfolio. And, you know, I've, I've built something that is special t- to me. And I'm not the most, you know, I'm not the smartest person ever. And I'm not going to, it's really hard to give advice, you know, and, and have people listen that are much older because a lot of people don't want to hear it. But here's what I tell people. Go talk to anybody in your family or your friends that are 65 years old and ask them if they're happy that they waited to touch that million dollars when they're 65. They don't know what the fuck to do with it. Give it to their grandkids. Some of them are old and decrepit. Some of them didn't make it that far. I think that a lot of people harp too much on putting money in this investment, these, these retirement you know, savings portfolios when really your main goal right now should be to grind in your 20s and 30s, take whatever money you have right now and start pushing it into either learning, learning a tool that's going to help you make more money, um, investing into something that's going to be a more risky type of investment. Because when you're young, you can take risks. And I'm, in my, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids. And so if shit hits the fan, I know what it's like to live on a couch and eat Top Ramen. Mm-hmm. I can go back to it and, I'll, and I'm, ha- I'm happy to run it back up again. When you're in your mid-40s and 50s, it becomes difficult when you have obligations and families and 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 shit that you have to pay for. So I just think that when you're a lot of younger people, you know, that are listening to this, don't be afraid to take risks and ignore a lot of the traditional advice that you're going to hear from, you know, people that are older than you. That's so good because, you know, mainstream society tells us to, and I was taught this way too, to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job, play it safe, diversify, invest in your 401k. And that's great. And I did all those things. And yeah, it will slowly build you wealth. But it doesn't really happen as fast as, as you want it to. It doesn't to. move the needle. And right? I, you know, I think about you know, the, one, the one thing that's guaranteed in life is that we're all going to die at yeah. some point. And so um, when you look at it in that light or that perspective, uh, it makes you realize like, you can't just only live for 65. I saw uh, Bradley put up something on, on Andrew Tate, love him, love him or hate him. But Tate says, uh, lives by the 50-50 rule. And so what that is, is 50% of your income you invest it like you're going to live another 50 years. And then the other 50% of your income, you spend it like you're only going to live another 50 days. Mm. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool because you're kind of like living the best of both worlds. Um, because at the end of the day, yes, it's great to plan for the future. And I do a lot of that. That's what we do as investors. But at the same time, it's like you want to enjoy some of the fruits of your labor totally. because you don't know when your last day is. Yeah. I'm a big proponent on building your business around your lifestyle and not your lifestyle around your business. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's great um, because, you know, and you said this early in the show, you said you like to, you know, look at the end result and work backwards. And so whenever you construct any business, I think you, you should construct it around your ideal lifestyle. Yeah. 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 No, that's solid. I just, I'm, I'm always interested because a lot of people that are, you know, like us that are grinding away at our businesses and have built, you know, you built something here that's amazing and, and, and continuing to grow. And sometimes people are like, you know, I'm, living, living for the business. And then the lifestyle stuff is like, oh, well, I guess, you know, it's time to take a trip or, you know, do whatever. But I'm more like, man, what does my ideal lifestyle look like? What does it cost to live the life that I want to live? Mm-hmm. What, you know, who, what does my wife look like? Where, where, where am I living? Where is, what am I doing for the other six or seven hours out of the day? Am I working out all the time? If that's the case, then I need to build what I'm building now to reflect the end result and not like, 
let's go so fucking hard on this business that I'm just unhappy, you know, tired, sick, and not me, you know, because I did that for years. I did it for a couple of years, building my, my original like stock communities and businesses where I'm like, I call myself Mr. Four to Eight because I thought it was cool to work 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm. So it's not a fucking flex. The, the flex is having an empty calendar, mm-hmm. not a full one. So I don't know. I, my, my mindset's shifting a lot on, on kind of, you know, the grind set mentality. I agree with you. And I think that you can uh, grow a, production, a productive business by limiting the amount of hours you work. However, I, I, I also believe that, you know, I like to look at business in like sprints, in yep. like quarters. And so I will go through a two or three month period to where I'm grinding and I'm putting in a lot of hours and I'm really focused and I might not be going out to the bars or watching a lot of sporting yeah. events or, or definitely Netflix, right? And I'm grinding, um, but I have some goals, some pretty lofty goals. And then when I hit those goals, then I usually take a little time to enjoy the fruits of labor. Maybe I'll go travel, go enjoy some things, take my foot off the gas pedal. And it gives me a time to think and reflect. And when I have time to think on my own, that's when I really see the, the roadmap and I can really manifest what's next and, and, and what kind of resources I need to get to that next level. But um, that's kind of how I've done it. And so I agree to your point. It's, it just can't be all work, yeah. you know, whether you do it the way I do it or whether you do it your way, like it's, it can't be all work. No, I'm on the same page as you. I, there's a quote from Naval Ravikant um, basically says like, you know, entrepreneurs work in sprints like you know, like lions and not like gazelles. A lot of people go through life, like just kind of at the same pace cruising and not much changes. Whereas like high level entrepreneurs, what we're chasing is excitement. And so for that two to three months, it's because you're fucking excited about what you're building. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, that feeling when you're building something special and you're like, you're, you can, you don't even need the alarm that four o'clock you wake up and you're tweaking with ideas and, yeah. and you're calling and texting people and all this stuff is free flowing. And then you get, get it to the point where you want it to be. And then it's like, ah, all right you know, time to go to Mexico, time to go to Mykonos or do whatever. And then, you know, you kind of, you do your thing and you reset and you need time to get that like desire to, to drive back. I mean, some people have it more than others, but I think that's the way to approach business in general. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. And, and to your point, like sometimes I'll be traveling. Um, I usually like to take time in August and September to go travel. Uh, last week I was fortunate enough to take a six week vacation. I did a solo trip. I bought a one-way ticket to Warsaw, Poland. And I just kind of made my way down. And for me, when I travel, I don't like to have this big itinerary and set plans with accommodations. I like to just go somewhere on a one way. I'll hang out till I get bored and then I'll figure out where I'm going next. Um, it's like the ultimate sense of freedom. And also if I make friends or, you know, meet some people yeah. and they're like, Hey, we're going to Budapest next. Do you want to come? I'm like, sure, I can go. I don't have accommodations down here. So, you know, I took this really cool trip. Um, but one thing I will say to your point, man, is sometimes when I'm traveling like this, I feel like I'm not moving the needle. And Anxiety. sometimes I'm like, dude, I got to get back. Yeah, I got to yeah. get back in the seat. And so this year I'll, I'll do some traveling. I'm thinking about taking a trip to uh, Tel Aviv, Israel nice. and uh, Beirut, Lebanon. I'm not going to go for six weeks. I, I got a lot going on right now, but I'll probably go for a couple of weeks. Dope, man. Yeah. yeah. But dude, that, that's what life's all about is enjoying it, but also kind of moving the needle. And it's hard to enjoy it when you're not growing and progressing, right? Totally. At yeah. least for me, like happiness stems from, from growth and progress. 100%. I'm on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. From the start of your investing journey to now, what do you think has been like your biggest takeaway uh, or learning lesson to get you to where you are today? You know, this journey has been fast. Um, you know, like three, three, four, you know, it's been three years now. It's basically exactly three years on the dot, um, maybe a month after. It, it's been overwhelming um, at times. And like, there's been so many times that I've just broke down and cried. There's been so many fights. There's been relationships that have ended. There's, it's, it's been a, there's been highs and highs and, and lows of lows. But one of the things that I've kind of told people is, is you know, I kind of had to learn the hard way is, you know, I, I, it's, at some point, you know, you start accum- buying the cars and the jewelry and the, you know, all that shit that like, it just material stuff. Um, as, as you're going down this journey and you think that it's going to, like you set goals for yourself. Hey, when I get to this point, I'm going to buy this Tesla. When I get to that, when I get to $10 million, I'm going to buy a Rolls Royce. So I was like, fuck it. I bought the Rolls Royce. It didn't change anything about my life. In fact, I've actually been like a little bit more unhappy having the car. Like I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. And I say that because I feel like I've been to the top of the mountain in terms of, you know, at this age, not many people have done multiple eight figures. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that there's like, there's nothing there. 
like at the top of the, at the top of the mountain. And, and I'm sure you can go way higher than this and, and own a plane. Like how much higher can I go own a private jet and a, and a fucking yacht? Like I can right now, my parents are retired can travel wherever I want, whenever I want businesses run without me. I can, I, I've got total control and freedom and I can be done with everything right now and drop at the drop of a needle. So the reason why I say that is not to brag, but to say that like, I thought that this was about something else when really it's just been about the journey. It's, it's about the like shitty times. It's about the hard, the hardest points as I look back when I've made these really tough decisions on the fly and pivoted my business model or shifted things or gone all in on content and stopped consuming and, and to dropped people that I thought were just not put, helping me get to that next level, built relationships and, and put in a lot of time to things that were going to make me, you know, get to that, get to that next level. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. It's that, like, I'm addicted to the game. Mm. I want to win the fucking game all the time on the short, on the, like on the small levels, on the, on the 10 year time horizon, on the hundred year time horizon. I'm not worried about, you know, like these little like points of validation and, and things that make me feel like, oh, I've, I've made it. It's really just about enjoying it and being present and understanding like, hey, these times that we're in right now, man, you're never going to be 26 years old again and kind of stuck in your business or trying to make these, these big decisions ever again. And so I just look at it now as a blessing to be, to be able to be present in the moment and understand that it's the grind and the game that like, I'm trying to play. That's such a good takeaway, man. I hear Alex Ramosi say this, and, and I, I think about this when I go through like periods within my business where, you know, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta make a pivot here, or this is not going as according to plan. Um, and I got a, I got a big mountain to climb. Um, I think, you know, as, as tough as times can get, and this is for anyone out there listening, even if you have a business or not, you go through tough times. What Alex says is like, he likes to think of his 80 year old self and he thinks that his 80 year old self would do anything at that point in time to trade everything that it has to be where he's at right now, being a 26 year old, uh, or in my case, 37 year old going through it, going through the, the lumps and the bumps, getting punched in the face. Because like you said, man, it's the journey. Yeah. It's the fucking yeah. journey. You're never going to be 26 again no. doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. And that's why like when people meet me, they're like, dude, why are you so like geeked up and excited and energy? I, I don't need coffee. Like I don't need caffeine. I'm just, I'm rolling dude, like all mm -hmm. the time. And it's just because I love this. Like, I just absolutely love everything that I'm doing. I'm, I'm happy with my, with where I'm at. Um, but not like not stagnant, like don't get confused, happy with stagnant. I'm always trying to progress and, and move the needle. But like somebody explained it to me one time. Um, they're like, Hey, you know, like when you, when you level up in a video game, things get way harder, right? Like way harder. The boss at the end is way harder. And sometimes, you know, you're going to die 10 times before you figure out how to kill him. And then you can go from level 30 to now you're level 31. And now what's next? And so like, that's how, I, if you can kind of gamify life and especially business, um, then there's, it's just the different lens and frame that you look at, look at things. I think that it can really add a new perspective shift on, on how to approach it and, and go through your days, man. Chase excitement, like fucking chase what excites you. The people that I know that are the happiest, are always excited about what they're doing, whether it be on a high or low level, the people that are unhappy, they have no excitement. They have nothing that they're looking forward to a life that they've like, just are unhappy with. There's nothing that excites them except for going home and getting blacked out and doing it again. Yeah, so. you're right, man. Um, the one thing that's guaranteed in life is death. And so if you're not chasing what matters most to you, you're really throwing away that, that one shot, that one opportunity that you have. And, you know, regardless of, and you're right, like whatever, regardless of what your situation is, your friend circle, your relationships, you know, you, you can always replace those surroundings. And I, I've done it before. It's tough. But one of my biggest takeaways over the last several years is that it's okay to replace old friendships that are no longer aligned with the person you're trying to become. Totally. Sometimes you have to t cut out negativity or any toxic relationships, relationships out of your life in order to get to that next level. Yeah. Otherwise you'll never reach your full potential. 100%. And that could be old partners as well. Yeah. For you sure. Know? In in every in every way of the word, business partners, spouses, you know, even family sometimes. I mean, if they're if it's mm. you got to just be selfish, man. Like I just know too many people that are not selfish. You got to do you, there's no there's no warm-up lap for life. Yeah. Like it's one we got one fucking shot to leave it all on the field. And that and and that means to me, it means 
everything. It's, it's the inspiration behind like what I do and why I continue to just keep going and just stay positive, man. Like it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause I'm, I'm, I'm in this position of just recognizing how blessed I am, but it's just so easy to be, to not be a dick, to not be mean, to, to give back, to add value to people and just like genuinely care and, and do stuff that's do stuff that do cool shit, man. Like, I don't know. I'd, maybe I'm having like a, a quarter life crisis of like kind of turning that corner of a, yeah, I'm just really stoked on yeah. how everything's going. I can, um, I can tell how excited you are just for life and everything that you're building right now. Um, just, just talking to you right now, your energy, and I can just see how passionate you are. And I feel the same way, man, with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. I get out of bed every morning and I'm, I'm so excited for the fucking day. You know, it's like, uh, whether it's going to the gym to, to work on my fitness or uh, to come in here and, and to build the business with, with everyone on my team and to buy real estate with all our investors and just everything that we're doing, man, it's, um, that's what gets me out of bed every morning. Just that excitement of, of, you know, getting a little bit better every week, you yeah. know, and, you know, sometimes you go through bottlenecks or growing pains within the business uh, or through your personal life. But, um, you know, the one thing I can say is, is we're getting a little bit better every week yeah. and um, that's, that's what's rewarding for me. hundred percent. Tell me a little bit about this, uh, this Airbnb business. So, so what, are you, what are you currently doing now within the Airbnb space? Hey guys, real quick, the only way this podcast grows is if you guys share it and review the show. So if you do find value, if you could take two seconds and drop a five star on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. But more importantly, it will help us reach new audiences and help more people build wealth through real estate investing. Yeah, so um, I'm up to, I own 10 properties currently. Um, last month, we had a, like a record month of July. It was a huge month. I think I haven't released the full like numbers report yet, but we'll, it was about 344000 in revenue. Um, it's I'll massive. Take, it was a big, big fucking month. Um, I'll do about it. If I don't acquire any more properties this year, which I will, but yeah, I'm not going to really count those. As, as we stand, I'll do about $2.2 in revenue. And right now, on average, doing about $175,000 a month in, in profit. It's a pretty big business, man. And I just can, I'm really happy with the way that it's growing. The cool thing that I've been able to do is, you know, my dad um, worked at the prison for 25 years. My mom, I watched her shoot every single morning, 3.30 a.m., worked at Costco for 35 years. Um, so I retired both of them this year. My dad's my project manager on the properties. My mom's a property manager. And so everything we do is in-house. I only have one property that's managed by a property manager. And that was just because it was in the clause of the, the purchase agreement. Um, so I save that 15, 20%, um, which, which is really helpful for my business and the margins. And it just keeps everybody happy, man. Everybody told me, you know, don't work with family. I, again, went against it. And we have a very, you know, as long as the boundaries are outlined, uh, we have a great, really, really strong business and, and a good plan to kind of build and scale that. And then on the coaching side, I have one of the largest Airbnb coaching programs out there called BNB Profits. Over 2,700 students um, that have gone through the program. And I teach both Airbnb rental arbitrage and how to purchase Airbnbs. And we have some smaller sections like co-hosting and stuff too, but mainly just arbitrage and, and, and buying properties. So plan is to continue to grow that. My, I mean, really my passion is in coaching now because um, the Airbnb business can, can scale. I can continue to cash out refi or you know, fuel the business with the other active income from other other projects and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking growing fast and it's big, man. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And you, and you grew it all of really in the last three years. What would you say is like your number one way to, to bring in like students to your, your coaching business? Number one way to bring in uh, students to any kind of coaching business is going to be through short form video. Let me retract my statement. YouTube is very, very strong. If people knew how to use YouTube correctly, I'm about to take over this YouTube scene because I'm just watching too many people not understanding how to like, how well you can build a relationship through long form video and through podcasting people. You're in people's ear for like 12, anywhere between 12 minutes to 60, 75 minutes at a time, mm -hmm. multiple times a week. And these people know, like, and trust you. If you offered, if you knew how to present an offer and had the right offer to present, you could, there's no reason why you couldn't be crushing seven figures a month income. And it would be very, you, you could essentially make it passive by having a strong program, having um, setters, closers, and a good lead magnet, strong funnel, and and pushing people. And so, and so, I think that YouTube is amazing. But what's what's the, the with the YouTube? What's the number one mistake you see most folks making on YouTube? No, no call to actions. People people are like afraid to sell stuff when the the how it should go is it's an eighty twenty rule. 
you deliver 80% of value all the time, then nobody's going to care if you, for 20% of the time, sell to them or at least give them an opportunity to get in your ecosystem so that you can sell to them in private through email, text, or any other sequence. Too many people are afraid to sell. I'm not afraid to sell. And because I know that my, you know, I believe in my, what I, what I built, my testimonials speak for themselves. And, um, you know, we, we built something special over there and proven it time after time. I think that it's the same goes for social media with, with Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And, um, and I don't, I think threads is bullshit. It's not going to work. I but agree with you. There. It's, it's not going to work, but th- yeah, Twitter. And so what you need to do is understand what all the platforms are for. Twitter is a great place to build real connections, whether that be through business or through X sales. Now. Yeah. You see that? No, but it's, so, it's uh, Elon had X.com just like the, oh, it's the letter X, X now. Oh yeah. yeah. So he had the, the domain X.com for like a while now. And I guess he's been just waiting for the right opportunity to roll it out on some, some sort of project. And I guess, um, he just, like, I just woke up, I think it was yesterday and my Twitter app, it had a big X on it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I clicked on it and I opened it and say, it's my Twitter, but it's now the, the logos are not blue and it's not Twitter. It's, it's just a block X now. It's I I'm refuse to update my phone. So I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it Twitter as long as I physically can. <laughs> but yeah, man. So I, I think that understanding like what the channels are and what they're mm-hmm. used for Twitter is good to build relationships and, and have those like short form thoughts. Uh, it's also a good place to test to see if a video concept is going to work based on how well a, a thread or a tweet or, you know, an X, whatever the fuck they're going to call it now, does. Um, Instagram is the best place to sell, without a doubt. They got the DM feature too. The DM feature is just it, that the, it, when you understand that the way things that really, really how they should work, it goes like this. TikTok should push to Instagram because Instagram, if you just go TikTok to, to lead magnet to you know, push them through your funnel to a sale, you only have them that one time. Because the problem with TikTok is people don't go on there to check their following. They go on there to check the For You page. So like myself, I have 1.3 million followers on there. But the video that I posted yesterday got 8,000 views. Why is that? Well, it didn't, maybe it wasn't good enough or maybe it was, but it didn't take off. So 8,000 people saw that video when really, if I were to go post that and I had 1.3 million on Instagram or 1.3 million on YouTube or Twitter, it would blast off, right? Every time I post something, it'd be a nuke because I'm getting that so many more eyes on it, quarter million eyes at a time, maybe. So the way that I see it should go like this. When you create a TikTok video or short form video, the purpose should be either to drive them to whatever your website is, if, if you want to do an immediate sale or drive them to your Instagram. Because then once you get them in your Instagram, you know, you pop up, you get that one viral video on TikTok. Let's say you get 5 million views, 1 million likes. And on during the video, you say, hey, look, by the way, this is what I do with Airbnb. If you want to learn more, hit the link in my bio. I can teach you on Instagram. I teach people for free. Okay, well, if I just picked up 40 or 50,000 Instagram followers, I can tell you for me, 50,000 Instagram followers is probably worth 2.2 or $2.3 million over the course of the next 12 months. That's mm-hmm. how much money I can make off of that many followers just because I know how to monetize it. I just know how to monetize it. And so uh, once you get them in your Instagram, the trick is understanding that the Instagram post is how you're going to you know, be in front of their face every day. But Instagram stories is where you're going to build a true connection with them. That's where you're going to be teaching them, um, you know, daily stuff. You're going to do Q and A's. You're going to allow them into your life. You're going to be vulnerable with them. You're going to share free game. The Instagram story feature is, is like the best, best, best way to basically build a relationship with them. And then you can sell to them through that feature because it's in private. So, Hey guys, you know, three people DM me. And so then when three people DM you, you can handle sales or do whatever you'd like. I think people don't really understand social media. They push it off to like, Hey, I want to make content, but somebody else deal with this shit. And then they don't know how to capitalize on, on the eyeballs that they're getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I agree with a, a lot of that. So, I mean, you, you did a phenomenal job of growing your audience. What was your, and I know a lot of people like in our mastermind, we, you know, I, I, I push, the idea of growing your personal brand, putting out social media content, and even starting your own podcast, you know? And so I know a lot of folks um, out there are hesitant to start posting, even though they know they should. What was your your first, you know, few months like posting? I didn't, before starting TikTok, I had basically only had a personal Snapchat. I didn't have Instagram anymore. I wasn't doing social media. I had no experience doing social media before. For... Two years, the first two years that I did social media, I didn't show my face. Mm. And I had built a couple multi-million dollar brands and I had a picture of Tony Soprano. So everybody thought I was this this online, ethereal Tony Soprano mobster character. 
I had an ominous name. I didn't go by Blake Rocha. And I was still able to build these businesses, brands. People knew me. They liked me and trusted me, but they didn't actually know me. So did, were you doing video at the time? Video. And, and you and just Twitter. cut off the face? How did you do that? I didn't, I didn't show any of the face. I just filmed uh, on my computer screen. So I would basically be like, hey, um, here's a... You know, I, I basically knew how to structure videos. And so if people can understand basic video structure for viral videos, everyone's like, I don't get it. And I've, I've been to all these masterminds and do whatever. Here's the, here's the strategy. It's as simple as this. What are, what are you wanting to post about? You want, you want to post about Airbnb? Type Airbnb and type real estate. Go in the last four months and go find the most viral videos. What do they do? How do they, and, and break it down. How do they start their video? Did they say, hey guys, what's up? It's Blake. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about, no. They said something like, they probably hooked it with a video of somebody thrashing an Airbnb, people fighting, because in the first three seconds, they're like, holy shit, they got a fire going on in the house. Mm-hmm. And then they jump in and they say, whether it's on their face or computer screen, here's how you can prevent parties from happening to your Airbnb. And these are the top three steps to do whatever. You've hooked them in, you get, you know, just go copy somebody's basic video structure. And all that I would do is basically pull up the video screen. I'd write my script and then I find stock footage that would describe what I'm talking about. So if I was saying, Hey, here's a strategy that they don't teach you in school, knowing that my audience is mostly younger. Here's a real estate strategy. They don't teach you in school. It's called house hacking. You got to buy a duplex or rent a duplex, use an FHA loan, live in one side, do it in the other and whatever. If you want to learn more, hit the follow button. And I get like 800,000 views and pick up like 50, 60,000 followers at a time. And I was just showing pictures of like a duplex, showing a picture of a FHA loan or like money, like mm-hmm. very basic, but it just comes, comes down to um, the, the first three seconds, like you said, is huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. But it's, like you said, I'm, I'm glad that you're pushing you know, people in your mastermind to do that because it, it is ultimately going to be, and you'll rec- people will recognize this. This is where, you know, it's where majority of a lot of people's income in these, in these coaching spaces comes from. It, it, there is no money like, you know, coaching money. And I don't, I don't, I'm not like afraid to talk about it. I don't beat around the bush. I don't bullshit numbers. Like it's, it's, it's stupid money. It's literally stupid money. And all you have to do is build something that is worthwhile and not to ramble on, but I think this is where people really fuck up. Probably the most, if, if you're listening to this and you're, thinking about starting content and you're just starting your journey, the one regret that I have the most in my life, in the, especially in, this, in this, this journey, is not documenting the whole process earlier. I'm talking even before I had my first anything. I sh- I, back when I was just writing my notebooks and I would just make, sometimes just talk to myself on my phone like, I'm going to be rich one day or I'm going to do this. I fucking wish that I had it because that is what is going to act as the fuel to your fire and, and as you look back and reference different points, Hey guys, you know, just getting started on my journey. I only got, only got a hundred followers here. I just got my first house. I know I only used like $10,000 down, but it's a start. And I promise you in six years, we're going to be something mm-hmm. in six years. When you go fucking reference that video, Massive. nuke, nuke, adios. Cause people are like, dude, he's, he's been doing this. Mm-hmm. He's documented this whole fucking process versus the guy that you're going to wait until you're making a million dollars to go talk about how you made a million dollars? No, it's not fucking relatable. You're trying to relate to people that are just getting started too, that are on the journey with you. I'll put it to you this way. Two, uh, two years ago, I went to buy two laundromats and I was just doing the stock stuff. Nobody knew who my, I was. I was just online and I was like downtown thinking about buying a laundromat. Should I talk about it? People were blowing me up. Dude, drop a course. How do you buy a laundromat? I'm like, I don't even fucking know how to buy a laundromat. <laughs> but you can see that there's a desire there for people to follow along, number one, with a journey, and number two, um, have a point of reference to go back to and say, hey, look where I started, look where I am now, you can do it too. Yeah, I love that. And you're so right, man. Like People can relate to you a lot more when you are getting started in the journey. And it's like, I, I'd say this all the time, you don't need to have all these real estate deals and big resume. Like You can be touring your first property and just doing some content. I'm like, hey, like, I'm walking this property today. I'm thinking about buying this. I'm doing some due diligence. Um, and that's it. And like simple stuff like that. Um, but just getting your face out there and just getting comfortable on the camera is huge. I mean, I'm 37. I just started putting out content a little over a year ago. I wish I would have started a lot sooner, yeah. you know, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's the name of the game. I think it's going to continue to go down this, this path. I think the days of TV and, and, and that sort of thing are, are phasing out. And I think everything is, is going social and I think podcasting is just getting started too. So, you know, for all the listeners out there, 
you know, if you are thinking of starting your own podcast or getting out there and, and starting to put out content on social media, like we're still early and it's going to, it's going to continue to grow. The, here's the best example. Ryan Surhant, right? You know who Ryan Surhant is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's from Million Dollar Listings, New York. He's been on the show for X amount of years, filming, doing it every single day for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. He's not on the show anymore. He's going after the Surhant brokerage, which is really, it's a multi-level thing. Surhant media, Surhant, all this other stuff. You want to know why? It's because he leaked on a podcast, and, and this, is, this is, go, go fact check me on this. He, he did 32 or $33 million last year selling digital products meaning he's a horse seller. Is he a grifter? Is he a dirtbag? No, he's a fucking expert that was not making $33 million a year working his ass off every single day for Bravo or A&E or whoever he was working with. Why would he ever go back on TV when you can literally control, build a media team? Like somebody like him knows how to scale a business super fast. But all that to say, like, look at the direction as to where things are trending. It's all short form. It's all like long form being like YouTube stuff. And it's on our phone. It's it's quick to access information. The game is changing. Yeah, I um I completely agree with you there. Um, I had Pace Morby on uh, a few months back, and you know he's got his own TV channel with A and E, but he's like, dude, it's it's not worth it. The the amount of hours it takes to film and shoot, the, all the eyeballs are going, you know, to social media and, and like you said, YouTube. Um, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see kind of where this is all going to evolve to over the next five to 10 years. Cause I think, you know, technology and social media and the way it's evolving is just becoming more and more rapid each year. And so I think in 10 years from now, like things that we don't even think are possible are going to be happening. Yeah. You know I mean? Think about the idea of just the iPhone, like yeah. the idea that you can open this device in the palm of your hand and click a couple buttons and I can order food. I can order whatever I mean, you can have marijuana delivered. Yeah. Like, think about that, you know? Um, Speaking it's of inc- my guys, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. Right. And so, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, like we'd be like, there's no way that's possible. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes, but all to say is like, yeah, if you're thinking about putting on social media or social content or starting your own podcast, like you're still early to the game, totally do it, commit to posting once a day for 90 days. And I guarantee all those fears are going to go away. And now all of a sudden you got 90 pieces of content to where you can look back and say, okay, which ones did good? Let me remix those. Let me do more of those. And which ones did bad? Let me do less of those. Yeah. You know, a lot of limiting beliefs or fears can be, you know, pushed to the side if you just commit to doing something every day for 90 days. Yeah. This is, it's just, it's an intimidating game. Just the nature of it is it's, it's nobody wants to, I don't want to be on camera. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not comfortable still like on camera and filming. I wait until everybody's out of my house and I go pace around. Literally I'm pacing my house all day filming now and it is what it is it's just it's how it's as just how it goes i guess so when you come up with like uh like let's say you wake up tomorrow and you're like okay um i want to make a viral video on short form let's say i'm 45 seconds 60 seconds whatever it is uh how, tell me about like the process of how you go about that what do you start with first mm, i only do content in the morning Okay. Uh, because I found that I'm the most, you know, like everybody, there, there's people that are night owls and they stay up all night. I'm not that kind of person. I wake up at about 5 a.m. and I'm just so fucking wired and amped up. And like my brain is just full of so much creative ideas that pretty much the first thing that I do is I pull out my, like I'll, I'll wake up and I'll have like instantly almost, I have ideas about what I'm, what I'm going to do. It helps that the night before, I usually make a list of the three things that I want to accomplish that day. So I know it may not be a a creative day if I have three meetings and a call and a whatever. But even even then, if I wake up and I have the ideas, you have to write them down when you have them or it's like a dream. When you wake up and you go, ah, fuck, that's a good dream. I'm going to tell people about it later. And then at noon, you're like, what the fuck was my dream? Like, I thought it was so good. It was so vivid when I woke up. So for me, that's kind of how it is with these ideas. I go to bed kind of thinking about content. I think in content, like my, my world is content creation now. So it makes sense that when I wake up, the first thoughts are, ah, oh shit, remember that one video about, I should, I should, it's July 1st or no, today is August 1st. I just finished July. Let me make a video about how much money I made in July. All right. So I write it down. And I'm like, okay, well, has anybody else done a video like this? Yeah, they have. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. His is worse. This one's fucking went nuclear. 
all right, I'm going to go figure out the structure of his video and remake it. People will get on me about this. I've never had anybody say anything different, but it's okay to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Like you don't mm. want to be exactly copying word for word, but if somebody has a video structure that's working, go ride it until it dies, ride that wave. So that's the first thing. When I wake up, write things down in my notes. Then typically I'll check social media. I'll go like watch TikTok and Instagram because the, w- the one thing that I've done that a lot of people don't do, and I, I highly, highly, highly suggest this, it's completely completely changed my creative process is I don't follow, like I don't follow chicks. I don't follow fucking my family. I don't follow nobody that's not going to either give me inspiration or give me some sort of idea that's going to spark something for me. I have my own personal accounts for that other stuff. I'll do that shit later in the day. I need to wake up and be inspired and figure out what my, like what I'm going to do. So I'll get like a two or three ideas and maybe they're, and I don't just, you don't have to follow real estate people. I follow people in the e-com space. I follow people in the health and wellness space because I can take that exact concept, like one of my most viral videos ever. This kid, I watched him, it's, he stitched a video. The chick's like, if you drive over a $100,000 car and you're 20, over 21, what do you do for a living? And he's like, I do e-com. Here's my Corvette, my whatever. I'm like, fuck, I got a Rolls Royce and a, and a truck and a whatever. Uh-huh. Let's roll. And that video did like 6 million views, probably made me $2 million. You know, so <clears throat> all, that, all that to say, like, if you, can, if you can eliminate the distractions, have that one to two hours of very focused work in the morning where wake up, write down your ideas, go watch other people's stuff, be inspired by it. Then I always take pen to paper. I have a blank moleskin notebook. I've gone through hundreds of them and no exaggeration, hundreds of them. And I will go sit there and I'll write down the bullet points. Like, what's the ideas for the day? What, how would this script be structured? And then once I get in a very rough idea of like, okay, this is the intro. This is the hook. This is the kind of vibe that I want going on. And here's the call to action. Then I'll go to the computer and I'll type up the script. And I spend a lot of time doing this shit. Like people can say what they want about how their process is. Like, I'm sure that the, Hormozies and all these other fools have like it have it so optimized that they have teams writing scripts and whatever. I just know how I do it, right? And so I write my scripts and I'll try and bang out one or two videos. And and yeah, as long as there's quality, usually it sometimes takes me two days for a video. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's all about like the number of engage like engagement, the saves and shares. And you know, you can put out a piece, a good piece that people might like, but if it's if people aren't saving it and sharing it, the algorithm will stop pushing it to like you know uh, a lot of your followers. Um, so for me, I notice it's like when I come up with content, it's always got to be something that um, I know that people are going to find interesting enough that they want to share it with right. friends, or they're going to want to save it and re- reference back. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's the topics. So you know, I follow five people that I look up to in the real estate entrepreneur space. And, you know, I'm always studying the way they do their content. Um, I'm studying their videos that do really well. And I know those are topics that people are interested in. And so you can take those topics and then put them into your own words. And 100%. it's not, you don't need to reinvent the wheel entirely, no. you know, and even some of these duets do good. Like you can literally take someone's video that, that popped off yeah. and then just do a duet yeah. and put your own little skin like, at the end. And that's, you're it, doing you a, know, <laughs> yeah. like there's, there's people that that's all they do. Like that's a hundred percent of their content. It's just you know, doing duets with all these other folks that already have viral videos and they put their two second spin at the very end and that's it. And they're growing, but just by solely doing that. Think, I mean, just think about like, I, I always try and put myself in the eyes of the consumer um, or like, the, yeah, the content consumer. You're the content creator. You're overthinking your shit. You're trying to figure out like what's going to work. Content consumers sitting there with their thumb, literally like, I think of it like a gun. It's cocked <laughs> back and it motherfucker, it's ready to fire. Like it wants to skip your video so bad. The gut rea- like the gut reaction is just, Flick, flick, mm-hmm. flick. So if you can get them to hold it there and stop it long enough, that's the goal. And that's why the first couple of seconds are important. But to your point of like, yeah, you can do duets and stuff like that. Think about like, here's a great idea for somebody that wants to establish themselves as like a subject matter expert. There's, they do those reaction videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if somebody goes on there and is, is like, how I um, got $50,000 in credit funding and was able to buy a whatever, whatever car for free using blot this tax code. And then you're sitting there and the video is just you watching the video and then you, and then you react and you go, this is fucking bullshit. This is not how it works. This person's definitely going to get in trouble with the IRS. And then, so I, that video goes viral. And what do I think of you now? You're the expert. Like one video just made in my eyes, you're now the, the person that I am going to listen to because, and, and all you had to do is react. 
Right. So it's little shit like that, that like, you don't have to overthink it or you reinvent don't. it. No, you don't. Do you ever like, have you ever made a video and then not posted it? Yeah, for sure. How, what, what's the reason you would not post it? Um, I think the videos that I make that I don't post, the only ones that I've made that I don't post are when, when I'll like have an idea in my head, um, off like an off the cuff idea. It's so like two, two of my best videos that I've ever done in terms of like, uh, followers that have came from it and millions of views and stuff have been me just literally sitting on the beach talking. But it was not that first take. I was trying, I knew in my head what I wanted to say. Like, you know, like I wanted to explain to people like, hey, look, I don't come from money. I fucking watch my mom bust her ass. And it's been the driving factor why I haven't quit doing what I'm doing. But in order for me to get that a point across organically and to make people feel what the fuck I'm feeling, then mm. I, excuse my French, uh, oh, this is a, this is an R-rated podcast, okay. man. Okay, all you cool. want. Uh, yeah, to get people to feel what you're feeling, and which is, I'm trying to invoke an emotion. I want you to feel the same emotion that I felt watching my, like, talking about this. So I need to make this video three or four times for my, not only for you, but for myself to know, like, what, how do I structure this the right way? So the first way may be, you know, today I'm a millionaire. A couple of years ago, I was a whatever. And then, you know, but I don't come from money. money. My mom used to do this and this is how I grew up and eh, scratch. And then I'm doing it more and more and more and more. And by the end of it, I'm like, I watched my mom wake up every single morning at 3.30 a.m. for 35 years of her life. Today, you know, I'm a, I've made tens of millions of dollars. And this is the reason why I haven't given up. And I still work every single fucking day. That you can feel it when I say that. And you can, whether or not that happened to your mom or not, you can now relate to me and you're mm -hmm. going to stay through that video, I promise you. And so I, I have a really good like gut reaction and, and the content stuff just runs through me. It's, it's what I'm, it's really what I'm good at. Not, not trying to brag, but it's just like, it's definitely was made for me. And so I can feel it and I'll just walk through a video, but then there's other, you'll go look through my phone, 800 takes of the same shit until I figure out like, all right, that's the one. Yeah. Like that's going to hit. I feel you with that. I feel like if you're going to take the time to, you know, shoot something, you should shoot it as many times as it takes to get the right one um, before you put it out there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think for us, like we were, we had a podcast editor and uh, it was third party remote. Uh, and then we had videographer and we were spending X amount of money already. And so I thought, well, for a little bit more, we can just hire someone full time, a content manager. Um, to do the podcast, videography, to go do all of our meetups that we host and to be in-house. And so we just hired Parker, who's who's sitting over here uh, shooting the podcast right now. And we brought him on a couple of weeks ago. And so now we're, the content's going to get better. We're yeah. going to be able to do more of it. Um, and so, you know, in addition to that, if I want to go walk down to a real estate project and shoot some content off the cuff, you can come with me. Or if there's like a, a viral topic that's trending and I want to just come on and shoot a quick podcast... Yeah. He's here, right? Totally. And so um, I like that aspect of it. Um, and so now we're just at the point where we've kind of proven out the model. You know, we just started with the content over a little over a year ago. We've proven it out that it works. And so now it's like, okay, how do we do a lot more of it? Totally. And how do we how do we become better at it? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are doing the content right now. So it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. Do you do you post? How often do you post on on your socials? I used to post a lot more. I do a lot of stories and stuff just to keep my audience engaged, but I probably post one to two times a week. Okay. Yeah. That's lower than a lot than most right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's lower. It's, I've always posted lower than most though. I mean, if you yeah. go look at my TikToks and stuff, like the amount of videos I posted per like the amount of followers I have, it's just like every, for a long time, every video I posted was a banger mm -hmm. and it's just, and I knew it, I would make it. I used to just make the video and be like, I text people and be like, 2 million views. Like there's no fucking way this doesn't get 2 million views. And, and I spend, but it, but it's like, it was, it's so stressful for me making videos. Like mm, it's so? not easy. It's I, cause I, cause I'm a perfectionist. So if the video is not perfect, I just, I'll, I'll fucking drop it halfway through. I'm like, nope, there's, I already see where this is going. This is the biggest waste of my time ever. Cause I'm going to put six hours into a video, into a, into a 60 second TikTok. You know, because I do the editing myself. I do write the scripts myself. I, I come up with the idea. It's, it's all me. And could I outsource it? Maybe. Would it make more sense or more money? I don't know. Um, we'll see like how it grows. But the way that my creative process works is it's just I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to make high quality content. I want people to know when they see a video that, it, that it's my video. Like whether my face is on it or not, you can tell it's a video that I've done. and. I've always gotten good, great feedback. 
that way. And it's, it's, it's like what I'm, I'm proud of. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is, it's stressful. I mean, this content, sp- and then like you start to post stuff and it doesn't get likes. And you're like, was it not good enough? Am I not, mm-hmm. am I not pretty enough? You know, like <laughs> it, all that, you know, the self doubt stuff. So it comes in waves, but I think that like when you, when you, I guess basically what needs to happen is when you find something that works and is, is hidden, don't keep your, keep your foot on the gas. And, and, you know, this may be just a message to all content creators in general is like, look, think of your career as like a rapper or an NBA player or a soccer player or whatever. You're a, you're a good rookie. You got drafted number one draft pick. And for the first year you made $2 million and you're like, holy shit, this is never going to end. Here's the new whip. We're going to Miami. Here's the new ice. Like let's party. And let's keep it doing this thing. And it's all going to be dandy. How many of the people that used to watch seven to 10 years ago are still fucking here today? Ty Lopez, gone. Trying to, Ty Lopez trying to make a comeback talking about NFTs. And like you people just, it, you just fall out of favor. Mm. You're like a, you're like a rap, like you're just like a rapper that then all of a sudden some shit happens. You go to jail, then nobody hears from you for a month or if nobody hears from you for a year. And then you can't get popping again. It's real because the the analogy of going to jail is like you can go to Instagram and TikTok jail where they just don't push your shit. Mm. Like you literally, they, they're not pushing it. You're, it's not hitting anymore. And now what? You spent all that money. You have nothing to show for it. And I've seen a lot of people. I just saw one of the dudes I looked up to the most. Who is it? His name is Anthony Ferrer and he's a watch dude. He started Timepiece uh, time Trading. Uh-huh. I looked up to him a lot because during COVID, I was learning about watches and thought that I was into it and stuff. And he was posting content, content, content. I watched him scale in Dallas from his tiny store to this big operation and this and that. And now I see some like undercover video yesterday of some guy, you know, on the phone with him because he, he, he stole from him selling consignment shit. And Anthony's on the phone like, bro, I'm in $5 million of debt. I'm mm. so fucked. Like I blew it. I got too big for myself and whatever. And meanwhile, like a couple months ago, this dude was touring a $100,000 a month penthouse in Los Angeles. So don't like if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Understand the industry that we're in. If you're in the content creator space, if you're in the, in getting any kind of clout, if you're making money doing this shit, then you need to be parking money in assets. that are going to produce passive income because at the end of the day, the fucking song and dance ends. And when the water, you know, when the water sucks back ashore, whatever the quote is from Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. you see, uh, when it has it go, when the tide comes in, you see, you know, you who's, see who's swimming, swimming naked. naked. I'm, you, but you're going to see me in a hoodie <laughs> and sweatpants. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's just, it's a crazy world. So just buckle down for a bit. And then that money that's coming in, invest all of it, man. That's the best piece of advice I can give people. That's such good advice, man. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, I was talking to Grant Cardone about this when he came on. I think, you know, as a creator, that is the main, the main function is real estate investing. And then you have a third arm, which is a business to bring in, flow i think that's that's a dangerous recipe because now you've got you know you get the stream of income that's active you got the content that's going to feed both the investing and the stream of income the business and then you got kind of like they it all kind of wraps around um you see a lot of these creators today that maybe they're just making their money off of affiliates or they're you know making their money in you know some pop-up business that might boom today and bust tomorrow No longevity yeah there's no longevity i mean there's a lot of kodaks a lot of blackberries out there that were big at one point um but technology always yeah. continues to go and so the one thing that i know that is evergreen is, is real estate there's never going to be a replacement for the basic need of shelter and uh never going to be a replacement for the the need to store belongings that's never going to go anywhere and so i think that you could have the active income that's fed by the content and you take the active income from your business, park it into real estate assets. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the name of the game. And those assets are going to grow. They're going to continue to appreciate. They're going to continue to spit off cash flow, passive income, tax benefits over time. 100%. No matter where the business goes, at least you still have these assets. You know, and, and Grant mentioned Andrew Tate. It's like, well, that guy's got, you know, an education business, but like, I don't think he has any real assets. No, he still rents his house. You know what I mean? Like he literally rents his house, which whatever, more, more power to him, but all these assets and, and he can't touch them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, he's got influence and power, but I think that how everybody should look at things and, and, you know, play long-term games with long-term people. Mm. Don't, 
don't play short-term games. It's e- it's really easy to play short-term games because there's so much flashy, shiny shit right there. Hey, you can make $150,000 doing this. Oh, great example. All these motherfuckers that are getting caught with these PPP loans. I, I'm watching people get smoked that are in this, in, in like on the online space that made good content, did good stuff, like great, great value, traded stocks, bought real estate, did whatever. You really need that. How, how much is that 300, those 300 bands that you took from the government? How much is it worth now? You're in jail for the next year and a half, seize your assets, like stupid games, small, short-term games, short-term money, nearsightedness. If you can find people that play long-term games, you only need two or three of them and you can play for the rest of your life. Find a couple guys that you, that do real estate at a high level, find a couple guys that do the content stuff at a high level. If that's what you like yeah. and, and, and the shit that you enjoy and, 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 really think 12 months, six or six years, 10 years down the road. And I think that you'll, you know, for, from my experience, it's, it's what's worked out best for me. And, you know, hopefully I'll have longevity in both the real estate and the content creator space. Yeah. I love that dude. Well, brother, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. You're doing big shit in the space, dude. And especially at 26 years old, man, I'm super impressed by everything that you've built. So keep crushing it, man. I'm a fan and uh, excited to uh, continue to connect moving forward, man. Yeah. Awesome. Rich. Thanks for having me at an awesome studio and everything that you're building here is it's amazing, man. I'm super impressed and I'm, I'm leaving here very, very inspired. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.